what sets ACE apart and what and, and is why ACE is the answer. Because in any profession, the people the people who do the work are most likely to know the work the best. And that's absolutely the case with teachers and educators. And so um, ACE is um, ACE holds that philosophy that the teachers and educators uh, know their work and should have an equal role at the table with the uh, with the district to be able to be part of those decisions. Hello, this is Jason Roach, and welcome to the ACE Pod, a production of the Association of Clovis Educators. On this episode, we welcome another CTA staff member. His name is Brandon Scoville, and he has literally traveled around the world to work with ACE. Brandon and I talk about his journey to Clovis, and he does a great job breaking down collective bargaining and the role that CTA plays in a local union. Let's get to it. Brandon, welcome to the ACE Pod. Hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We're excited. Um, so let's just start uh, with a little bit of background. Where you, where'd you from? Where are you from? How'd you get out here to Clovis and so on and so on? Yeah, so I um, I lived in Clovis before. Um, I actually lived here um, and had um, joined a union here in the first place back between 2002 and 2010. Um, but before I before I came. Um, this time I was in Denver. I, uh, was working for a, uh, a union in Denver with, uh, healthcare workers and mental health care workers. And, um, that was when you all were starting to, um, you know, this great campaign of building, a building a union, um, uh, needed, needed more help. And so, Somebody here knew me and gave me a call and, and asked if I would come be part of the campaign. And that was a year ago and 20 days. All right. You got a, you got a, a counter there. Yeah. Um, so uh, are, are you originally from California then? I'm originally from all of the West because um, I lived in Livermore for a while. I lived in Fresno for a while. I lived in Clovis for a while. And, uh, but I also lived everywhere else, mostly in Colorado, though. All right. Um, so you got you get a phone call to come out and work for the California Teachers Association. And, you know, that's a, talk us through that phone call. Well, actually, um, there was there was some conversations going on with with a friend that I have who's here in Fresno, uh, who was um, reaching out. And, um, you know, I was at a place in my life in Denver where we had just gotten my son into high school and we wanted to give him some continuity in his life because we'd moved around a lot. Um, so at first we said, thanks, but no thanks. But um, actually uh, Caroline, who you already spoke with uh, for the podcast, um, reached out and talked about, talked with me about the campaign and um I realized how big and important this was and also realized that I was at a place there because I had just finished up a campaign with those mental health workers and where I was at a place that I was able to move on from that campaign and come over here. So 
it took it took a couple of conversations, but um, I finally decided to just drop everything there, move my son to a different you know state in in uh, his first month of his freshman year in high school, which was a terrible thing for me to do as a father. But uh, he was he was on board. He understood what was going on. So we all moved out here, yeah, just to be part of this campaign. All right, very cool. And and so you get to Clovis. Um, and is your, your son in Clovis schools then? Yep. My son is in, uh, is a freshman, at, uh, Clovis West. Or, I'm sorry. He is a sophomore. He was a freshman when we came here. He's a sophomore now. It's been a year. Um, and, um, yeah, doing well. And has that experience been at Clovis West? It's well, he knew that it was a culture change coming uh he actually went to most of his uh education much of his, his uh, school career was in southeast asia so he it was a big culture change to be um moving to clovis but we talked about that and he was comfortable with it and uh he's you know there's been some uh, been some challenges but he's doing really well now really thriving yeah, so I feel like maybe you buried the lead there a little bit. Are you? Did you guys live overseas for a while? Yeah. So yeah. my my wife is from the country of Laos, and when our son uh, was in first grade, we wanted him to be able to experience her side of the family. So we moved there and lived there for five years uh, with with her family. Wow! Very very cool. All right. Um, and you know, who, what, what was that experience like for you moving to, to Laos? Uh, it was obviously an experience of a lifetime. I'm yeah. very, very glad that I did. I was able to find work with some projects that were working around um, supporting uh, indigenous and farming communities who were losing their land to big investors and um, being kind of driven into poverty or losing access to their uh, natural resources that they had been living off of. So we were working with some some campaigns around that, and I got to be a consultant on how to build coalitions of of um, organizations and and you know bringing leaders of these community based organizations together to have a voice at the table, um, which has kind of been a lot of what my career has been about. So it was really exciting. Man, that, that's what an experience. So speaking of voice at the table, right? So I think one of the things that's uh, been pretty mysterious for a lot of a lot of teachers, a lot of educators in Clovis uh, is the concept of collective bargaining. We know that, um, you know, uh, often district administration and even, um, you know, faculty senate has used that term kind of in a fast and loose way. Could you just uh, spend a couple of minutes and just talk about, you know, in a, in a general way, what is collective bargaining and maybe why it's important? Absolutely. And it is really a foreign concept until you really get into it and start um, just uh, bargaining your first contract and, and you know, working under it. Um, so it's a learning process for everybody and, and uh, there's a lot to learn. Um, but essentially it's, you know, obviously collective bargaining means that everybody comes together, uh, as far as all of the 
uh, all of the employees, all of it. So that would be in, in the case of what we have already achieved in, in Clovis is all of the psychologists and MHSPs have come together to collectively bargain with their employer, the district. And what that means is um, by law, the, the district needs to come and bargain with them in good faith. And so they elect a representative bargaining team um, who will go and meet with the employer, um, talk about priorities, perhaps talk about their interests, perhaps, but um, more traditionally, they will put a proposal on paper as far as what they want their um, contract, their collective bargaining agreement to contain, and then um, give that to the employer or the employer will will put their proposal on paper and and and, and give it to the um, to the union bargaining team and say this is what we want the contract to say and they just go back and forth talking about um, what they need to achieve what's a priority for them until they can find common ground what that they can agree upon um, and if uh, if they're able to and then when that happens that uh, agreement that's finalized by that bargaining team and the employer then goes to all of the employees who would be under that contract uh, to vote whether they will uh, agree to ratify that contract or not. Once it's ratified, then it goes into effect and it's, it's literally an enforceable contract that, that both sides have to follow. Uh, and it'll, it'll set out the terms for um, the working conditions, the compensation, um, and and anything else that the the parties agree to bargain over. Um, so, do do the the parties get to decide what's bargained over? Um, you know, I, I think we've talked about before, like mandatory subjects of bargaining. Are there right. you know things that have to be bargained over, and what would be some of those things? That's right. There's mandatory subjects of bargaining, meaning that if um, one party wants to bargain over them, then both have to. There's also permissive. Um, areas where um, if they both agree that they can negotiate over those topics, um, but one side can't force the other side to bargain over those things. And then there's things that would be unlawful for them to bargain over um, that would, you know, obviously violate the law. So, but we don't, we, we don't really run into that area. What, what are some kind of mandatory subjects of bargaining? Well, obviously the big ones, right? Like the, the wages, um, ter um, terms and conditions of employment is kind of like the catch-all phrase that we use to describe those mandatory subjects of bargaining. So would like class size be a part of conditions of, of working? Class size is because under California law with the EERA, it sets out what the, the mandatory subject of bargaining are for, um, for educators, for, um, for teachers and you know, all certificated um, educator employees um, of, of what those what those are specific to uh, public public educators. And prep time is prep time part of that. Prep time would would be one that you'd have yeah. to bargain. What are uh, what might be some subjects of the permissive? Um. Putting, well, you on, putting you on the spot here. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, you can you can bargain over 
a whole variety of things. I could pull up the list and look at it, but what about like curriculum adoptions? Would that be a permissive? Um, you don't, they don't actually bargain over the curriculum, but they do have to um, discuss it. Um, but the, the, um, the teachers or the educators don't get to actually decide or bargain over the curriculum. Okay. All right. Now <clears throat> you alluded to this and, you know, currently, you know, ACE is here to stay, right? They're like, um, uh, we have a, our first, uh, historic, uh, you know, certificated union in Clovis Unified with the ACE psychologists and mental health support providers. They are currently bargaining their first contract. Um, I know it's been quite a, quite an experience for the bargaining team. Um, and we, I think, uh, it just might be nice to hear kind of what is, you know, what's the role of the Clovis Unified educators, the psychologists and mental health support providers? And then what is the role of, you know, the CTA staff members that are helping them out through the process? Very good question. So the, the um, psychologists and MHSPs have, uh, have, a, have elected a, a bargaining team of, of seven who um, really their role is to is to make the decisions about bargaining the contract. Um, and we have myself and other uh, CTA staff, Caroline and Carlos, as well as um, CTA members and CTA leaders from neighboring districts who are who have been made available as um, you know support for, the ACE bargaining team, um, but we we all go to the table together, literally a table, um, and sit across from the district and talk to them. Uh, but the it's the bargaining team, meaning the psychologists and MHSPs themselves. Uh, we try to have them do as much of the talking as we can, um, so that the the support staff and the, the support uh, CTA members are not. Um, you know, speaking on behalf of the psychologist, but they're actually speaking on their own behalf. Um, the CTA staff who are there, we we will, you know, we have access to not just our own experience and our own knowledge, but the entire network of CTA across the states uh, where we have access to legal experts or educational experts or topical experts on, on issues within education that we can reach out to and contact, but provide that information to the bargaining team um, so that they can put together proposals. Um, you know, some there's some been some good examples of that um, as we've been putting together proposals for the Clovis uh, school psychologists and MHSPs, they've been wanting to bargain around, for example, uh, workload. Um, and um, we, so we looked across contracts around the state, got language that was relevant shared that with them, put it together, you know, in a, in some documents for them to look at and picked out the parts that might be relevant. But at the end of the day, they decided this, this, you know, may or may not be relevant here. So just started drafting their own language and they had us as CTA staff to go over it and say, you know, this is, 
this is going to help you achieve your goals. This isn't help them prioritize, but also help them uh, write that language that's going to be an effective contract, uh, an enforceable contract. Um, so at the end of the day, they get to make decisions. They get to vote. And uh, you know, the CT CTA staff, myself, uh, Carlos and Caroline, don't actually uh, vote if it comes down to any kind of a decision that needs to be made, but we let them know what what input we have for them. And at the end of the day, they, they get to make that decision themselves and then um, present it to the district. And then, you know, they, our experience has been that the, the district may have questions and um, we may need to help answer some of the questions, but generally uh, it's been the school psychologist bargaining team themselves that, that, that does most of the, the conversation with the district at the table. So, yeah, yeah, so it sounds like, right, so the ACE educators um, say, hey, you know, we want to bargain, you know, workload um, and, you know, our hours and our caseload and CTA has this large network of, you know, psychologists across the state, uh, legal minds across the state and can collect resources like, hey, this is what um, you know, the workload, caseload, hours are in Fresno Unified, in Kerman Unified, in LA Unified. And so they can gather all those resources and, you know, help ACE or the ACE group make kind of a better proposal. Is that uh, kind of exactly accurate? right? Yeah. All right. And, and we can, um, you know, looking at salaries, we can pull the, the, the wage scales of all of those. Uh, districts and, and, you know, help them look at that, but also um, make sure that as they're bargaining, they're not giving up their rights to have a voice in those decisions moving forward. Um, so that if the district needs to make a change to, the, to one aspect of those issues in, in, the, in the future, uh, the psychologists get to, con get to continue bargaining that with the district and not leave it up to the district to uh, make unilateral changes. So we, we're going to, we're going to support them in um, making sure that that happens in their contract. So, I mean, it just sounds to me like just the, the, um, the power of the CTA is, um, you know, this kind of vast network, you know, kind of this, uh, the power of, you know, being, you've, you've been through this before you've gone through the process um, you're not there to kind of dictate anything to the ACE educators. You're there to kind of support them with this vast network and these kind of endless resources that you seem to have. And that's kind of the power, right, of having, uh, what is it, 300,000 educators across California that are part of this, this nonprofit. Exactly. And, you know, that the size and, and the complexity of that is, is really an advantage because you have different um, areas of knowledge and expertise with, with everybody that that's involved where some people may have um, actually bargained language on this very top uh, on this very topic before, but we may have uh, another CTA member who's actually worked with that language or a similar language in another district. And we'll be able to say, sometimes we run into problems in this way or that. So you might want to word it this way. Um, or we have, you know, legal experts who say, uh, you know, the, the the law requires us to uh, 
phrase it this particular way. So we have a variety of uh, of experts that can all contribute something to the process. I've been um, bargaining. I've been here working with CTA for a year, so I don't have the experience working with uh, CTA contracts. But I've worked with other unions in the past, so I have experience bargaining uh, contracts with different uh, employee groups and. Uh, you, you know, in different settings. And, and so I, I bring that experience and knowledge and, and others bring uh, different different sets of knowledge and skills. It seems like uh, there's a lot of power in, you know, having, having a relationship with, you know, say psychologist in Fresno Unified and be able to go to them and say, hey, we're, we're negotiating this thing. Have you ever... Have you ever negotiated something like that? And they're like, oh, by the way, you know, like, you know, a year ago we went through this same thing. So that just seems really powerful and really useful. Uh, it know. is really powerful and, and useful. But and and like, as you said, even as if we're the CTA, you know, support team that, that brings that information to them, they get to decide if they want that or not. If right. That, right. That Does that match with the way Clovis works or the way that we work in Clovis? Right. Right. And if it doesn't, we say, no, that's something unique to that district over there. Um, and we're not we're not going to try to adopt it here or, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe we can maybe that would make things better here or or preserve the great things that we already have here in Clovis if we adopted language like that. So they get to decide. OK, so um, the ACE bargaining team, um, they you know gather these resources on, say, compensation packages um, and then uh, they create a proposal and then just like what would a kind of like typical bargaining session, how many kind of ACE folks are at the table, how many administrators at the table, you know, what's the back and forth, you know, look like? I know that might be difficult to to characterize in a general way, but. No, that's, that's a fair, fair question. And um, like I said, for people who haven't been through the process, um, you know, it's probably a complete mystery, but it is typically um, you have your six or seven um, psychologists or MHSPs who are at the table um, and you have uh, two or three CTA staff members who are there supporting them and then two or sometimes more um, other support from from CTA, other CTA leaders. So add all that together, you know, that's a, that's a big number of people who are on the ACE side of the table. Right. Um, and then on the other side of the table, <clears throat> there's the, the district's um, uh, bargaining team, which is, you know, HR, people from HR, people from, um, from, you know, their financial department and, and, and people who have their expertise, knowledge about, the issues that are going to be negotiated and then you know people who have hopefully people who have the authority to be making decisions about the issues that are being negotiated anywhere from sometimes they can't get everybody together so it might be three or four people but um you know they may have seven eight nine and you know uh, quite a large number of people themselves on, on their side of the table so somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 people at the table, right? And what yep. what would a, a healthy hour of bargaining look like? Typically, if you have if you're having a, 
a healthy um, hour of bargaining. You come together in the beginning and you say, what can we work on today? What can we achieve today? You've both contributed something. You've both brought something uh, that you worked on before you came to the table to say, hey, we thought about this. We have a we have a counter proposal or we have um, some questions for you on your last proposal. Um, and so you kind of lay out for the day what you think you can uh, achieve or, or talk about. Um, and then you may jump into some of that. You may say, hey, here's a, pro here's a proposal from ACE that we worked on over the weekend uh, or, or over the last week. Uh, and the district may have something um, uh, that they have been working on. That's actually an issue that we're trying to encourage the district to be better about where they're coming to the table prepared with something that they worked on before. Um, but it, there's also gonna be a lot of time regardless of how much you prepare that you need to step away from the table and talk with your own team so that you can explore and, and you know talk out loud about the ideas that uh, have been presented to you. And so we take what we call a caucus where each side goes to a to a, uh, their own area, their own uh, room and talks about the issues that are being presented and how they feel about them and how they would wanna respond uh, and then start developing, developing either a counter proposal or a plan on developing a counter proposal so that you can go back to the table so let's say within that hour, we spend, you know, a, uh, a period of time uh, talking with the with the district. We go to our caucus, we get ready, we come back, and we spend, you know, the rest of the time, uh, you know, let's say another half hour um, presenting those those updated proposals or those new counter proposals, or saying here, you know, we have these issues, we have these questions, or we have. We think we're going to have to take some more time on this one, so we'll have to get back to you next time. So within that um, within that hour, you you may spend half the time with with the district and half the time with your own team um, in order for that to be uh, a healthy conversation. All right, and so you go through this process, and it can be a, a lengthy process. Uh, it's not going to happen in one day, right? No, many many days. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, eventually a contract is agreed to. And how long does that contract last? Well, that's one of the things that you can negotiate. Um, typically, you'll have it last several years. A couple, uh, three years is, is the most that it will last. But uh, so that's the that's a legal limit, right? You can, right. Yeah. OK. And so you can agree that it will it will only last one year and then you'll renegotiate it. Um, or you can agree to have it last, you know, uh, two or three years. Um, and you can also agree that there may be some issues that we do want to continue talking about during that year. And oftentimes what that means is um, we'll agree to the, all of the topics that are in the contract. We're, gonna, we're just going to let those be the contract for three years. But we may need to talk about, for example, salary and compensation because every year there's new budgets from the state, new information on the uh, on the on the fiscal reality, and so we're going to come back and we're going to negotiate wages every year or wages and benefits every year. And sometimes you might agree that um, upon mutual agreement, or uh, you can open up, you can negotiate other terms of the contract, or that uh, each side can open up uh, a certain number of terms in the contract um, at each each subsequent year. If that makes sense. It's yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay. So uh, you've now been in this effort 
for this is your second year in the effort, yep. right? Yep. Um, you know, you, you started last October ish, somewhere around there. Um, so you're in year two, and um, you know, just after that amount of time in it, you know, why do you think ACE is the answer? Well, first of all, I have to say, just I'm constantly blown away with the uh, caliber of individuals who are leading ACE. Um, just a really amazing group of people. But I, I have to also say that the, the philosophy of ACE that is going to stick with the organization, even as, those, um, the, even as those founding individuals leave, the philosophy of ACE being that uh, educators should have a, have a voice and be able to be part of the decisions um, within the school district um, is what sets ACE apart and what and, and is why ACE is the answer. Because in any profession, the people, the people who do the work are most likely to know the work the best. And that's absolutely the case with teachers and educators. And so um, ACE is, um, ACE holds that philosophy that the teachers and educators uh, know their work and should have an equal role at the table with the uh, with the district to be able to be part of those decisions. Um, so that's why I think ACE is the answer. There's, I mean, I could go on for hours why ACE is the answer, but for me, those are really the two um, major, major points. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I said this last time or in the last episode with Caroline that, you know, uh, the talent across this district is is pretty astounding. Um, and just for me, it's just been revelatory to be able to meet folks from, uh, across the district. Um, and yeah, it, when you kind of say it like that, you just boil it down to the simple thing. All we really want is just the real voice at the table. And, you know, we don't want, we want to be at the table and treated as equal partners, uh, in this, you know, endeavor that we all love and these, you know, kind of provide the best education possible to these kids that we all love. So uh, we uh, appreciate uh, your support, Brandon. We, we thank you for uh, traveling literally all the way around the world to, to come join us. And uh, thanks for joining us on the ACE pod. It's been a joy. Thank all you. Right. Thanks. Once again, thanks to Brandon for joining us on this episode of the ACE pod. Brandon's calm demeanor, his constant focus on the issues, and his thoughtfulness has been invaluable to our campaign. We appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next time on the ACE Pod. In the meantime, you can uh, check us out at www.cloviseducators.org and on all social, social media platforms at Clovis Educators. Thank you and see you next time on the Ace Pod.